Jesus heals the broken. Jesus heals even the most hardened hearts. Now, everyone's journey is different. Much like snowflakes, there are no two paths the same. However, many are similar in multiple ways. While there are those who have lived and grew up in an abusive childhood, others, they've developed a natural order to rape. Others have grown up with kind and loving parents and know not of such torture. There are people who live in relationship with their spouse and are beaten nearly every day. And for them, there is no way out. Now, if that offended you, I am terribly sorry. However, we just must face reality that there are people who have been in those circumstances. Much like myself, you see, for those who know me, they would say that I'm kind, lovable, and a caring individual who always has a smile on my face and does my best to make others happy. But what people do not realize, for 30 years, my life on the inside was completely dead. I did not know of any true emotion to show others. I just know that from an early, early, early age in life, I was beaten and led to believe men do not cry. Men do not show any emotions. And above all else, <laughs> I was taught pain is just weakness leaving the body. Small example. In my 30 years of living, I cried only twice before my salvation. Now, both those times was at a funeral. This time frame would also include the 13 years I had been married to my wife. My wife and I, we've got three beautiful girls and one amazing son. And guess what happened? I brought my abuse of past into my kid's life. Now that, it was not pretty for either one of us. Where's the story leading us? Well, let me give you a brief introduction into my early days. Almost everyone on this planet has anger. It may not be at this exact second, but everyone has experienced anger for somebody else at one point in time or another. And more often than we'd like to admit, that anger comes out and hurts others. We tend to hurt our loved ones that did absolutely nothing wrong. While the person who angered us ends up with virtually nothing done to them. Some of us, we have anger issues that has been building up since the age of about two or three. Others started building on anger a little bit later in life. Take me, for example. I cannot recall not a single happy memory of my parents while I was growing up. In fact, through my eyes, 
My mother, she was just a lazy couch potato. Not my father. He, he was my abuser. While vacations were in our lives, they were not pleasurable ones for me. Most of you listening to this, you have no idea what it feels like to wake up every single day not going to any real school and have to be the maid of the house. And then you wait. You wait until your father comes home and just pray, pray that he had a good day just so you do not get beaten or yelled at. Some of you reading this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I pray for you. My anger, it started building up when I was about five. Or, it's at least when I realized that my entire fifth year of being alive was age of training. You see, my mother started showing me how to clean the house after I'd known how to do most of the chores. I was cleaning while she sat down on the couch and just watched television. She would watch shows like Wheel of Fortune and Days of Our Lives and soap operas. Then she would get angry at me because I had a vacuum and the vacuum was loud. I learned how to do the vacuuming during commercials. It also happened to be around this time that my beatings and the yellings, the name calling, those really began to set in. Or from what I can remember anyway. You see, growing up, I knew not of God, nor what he could do for me. In fact, the only thing that tied me to any type of religion is my grandmother. At that time, through my eyes, Grandma was the perfect adult. I had never heard this woman say one bad word. She never spoke badly of someone. And I have seen her. When she started to get angry, she would close her eyes, say a small prayer, and sometimes she would even count. <clears throat> now, when my brother and I w would go to see her, and it happened to be on a weekend, she took us to church. <laughs> even though my brother and I mostly played around, or we dozed off, she could be found nose deep in her Bible, just highlighting her way and writing down notes throughout the sermon. However, in my dark and cruel world that I lived in, her God was not a part of my life, and I felt he was just never there. Now, while some of that had happened before I even reached the age of seven, it was only in my preteen and my teenage years in which anger, hatred, 
rage, and even suicide was embedded deep in my life. I had realized during my teen years that no matter how big you are, how mean you think you are, your abuser, <laughs> well, they're always going to be bigger and meaner than you are. When I turned about the age of 10, my father, he decided that he should add more to my punishments. You see, in stages, he was building me up to be a stronger, meaner, and a much angrier person. This would include such things as holding five-gallon buckets filled up with water or dirt, just holding them there, arms straight out. It even meant hauling heavy objects around, such as a wheelbarrow full of bricks, maybe a bunch of 2x4s or 4x4s, whatever was laying around. And we cannot forget standing in a corner holding dictionaries straight above my head and just keeping my arms as straight as I can. And not for just a few minutes either. For hours, I would have to stand there. And God forbid if I should let my arms fall. My father had went to the extent of even having me hit brick walls with just my bare knuckles to strengthen them and toughen them up as he proclaimed. I was even forced to slap concrete road just to toughen my hands. Now these exercises that I was having to do daily, they weren't just a couple of jabs or no five or ten slaps and I was done. No. Instead, I was forced to do these activities and a few others like it, for a couple of hours at a time. And just when I thought all my hope was lost, my life, it got turned around for the worse. While I went and stayed out at a week, my buddy's house during the summer of 2005, my parents rented out my room to a woman who worked at our local bank. <laughs> yeah, you heard me right. My room was no longer mine. Instead, I found myself living on a military cot. It would happen to be in the coldest spot of the entire house. This woman invaded our home with her eight cats and an untold amount of wine. Now, much like myself, this woman, too, came from an abusive relationship, and hers was also from her father. Her anger was relieved, not through God, not even through just petting her kitty cats or drinking a couple of sips of wine. No. Instead, she would throw my mother's brand new drinking glasses at me. Some of them would hit me in the head. Some of them would just bounce off my body. Others she would break at my feet. She was always, always 
yelling at me, calling me names, insulting me in front of my parents. They didn't really do much. I remember one time, this woman stated that my parents would be a million times happier if I would just die. And you know what? Neither one of my parents said otherwise. Now, after hearing that for the millionth time, I had decided it was time to research how to kill myself. Now, I nearly succeeded a couple of times. However, my little brother intervened just in the nick of time. Little did I know at that time that this was all a part of something bigger than myself. I did not know it, but there was something going on inside of me spiritually. Jesus heals even those who are feeling alone. Now, while I'm not going to continue on my childhood, nor discuss some of the issues in my adult life and in my married life, we're just going to go, go ahead and jump straight to where all of this comes together. Now, don't worry. You'll hear more about me and my issues as we go along and grow together. Now, while I was never allowed to show any emotions at all growing up, the day that I got saved and I talked to the pastor about my salvation, I couldn't talk to save my life. I was feeling overwhelmed with emotion that it came out in a very strange way for me. I cried. I truly cried for the first time in my life. And <laughs> it was uncontrollable. Now, I'm sure that the pastor found it just a little bit strange. He probably even had a good laugh at it afterwards. But he stood by me, and I saw he had a couple of tears in his eyes as well. When I looked over his shoulder, I saw my wife. You know what? She was crying just as hard as I was. Now, this had truly confused me. It wasn't until a few months later that I realized and I was taught that when one person is saved, all of the angels in heaven are shouting praises. Then it dawned on me, my wife was celebrating and she was not weeping. Now, even though I had lived 30 years feeling unloved, I felt that everyone was against me and that I should have died a long, long time ago. Instead, the power of God carried me through. Now, God did not abandon me after all. Even when I wanted to give up and die, I would literally lay in bed begging every single night. God, if you are real, please, please let me die. Do not allow me to wake up in this horrible home anymore. Please, if you truly love me, 
that you would bring me home tonight. That prayer was said literally every single night growing up for 13 years. That's what I said every single night. That was a prayer that was never answered. Instead of begging for death and seeking none, I had actually discovered that God, he was using my strength to help out others. Now, what I mean by this is that during my times at church with my wife, I would often see somebody struggling, and it was because I knew exactly how they were feeling. I knew what to say. I helped them get through some hard times. Even though I was suffering and miserable myself, the ability to see somebody else smile is what gave me hope for a better future. After my announcement to the world that I was a Christian, things in my life began to change. It wasn't a major financial adjustment. It was just changing inside of me. The second time my wife had seen me cry was late one night. We had an argument after I just got off of a 14 and a half hour shift in a kitchen. A kitchen. For those of you who work in a kitchen, even an eight hour shift can drain you. I was already tired and exhausted, both physically and mentally. And my wife, well, she was just feeling alone. And so, I just let her vent. I let her get everything out. I did not interrupt her. I did not even judge her. I didn't even argue back. I just simply listened to what she had to say. Now, when she was done, I said, okay, it's my turn. Now, I just started off unloading something that was actually kind of simple, but it was very heavy on my heart, and it was heavy on my mind as well. She immediately budged in, and she began to argue. I had to cut her off, and I asked her. I looked into her eyes, and I asked her, Why? Why should I continue to tell people how I feel when everybody in the world just cuts me off, pushes my worries away, and does not even care about me? And then, unlike all my training as a child, I broke down, and I cried so hard, and I cried for so long. I believe it was then that my wife of 13 years realized I was not a robot, but I was actually a human. She, she didn't say anything else. Instead, she held me. I mean, she truly held me. She cried with me. And that is the first time I ever felt true love from another person. Now, after my life-changing event, I had started to live for God and not for myself. I realized that my wife actually matters to me. <laughs> my kids are more important and not just objects that I can claim on my taxes every year. My heart was waking up and seeing the world and other people for the better. 
I started to listen to others as they speak. My eyes and my heart became a beacon to anyone who needed support. And I actually started to treat others with respect and honor instead of just another person who wanted to hurt me. When you grow up the way that I did, you do believe that no one loves you. No one even cares about you. But truly I say that there are hundreds if not thousands of people in this world who when they get to know you actually care and want you to be their friend. Read with me right quick in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now follow me over to Romans 12.10 right quick. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, I chose those two passages, and we can clearly have a proper definition of exactly how God wants us to live our lives as we walk among others. Now, I know brothers are not always on the Christian walk, but the concept of a brother that will always have another brother's back is what these two passages are trying to say to you. As we walk daily, we need to surround ourselves with other Christians to learn and grow with each other. We will also start to see Jesus heals us all. Much like myself, when Pastor Josh Howerton of Lake Point Church challenged me the day I told him that I loved his passages and I was an atheist, you need to be challenged as well. Now, my conversation with Josh on that day, when I about the second or third time I went to Lake Point Church, the whole conversation went like this. Me, Josh, I love your sermons, especially when you include science fiction novels and movies. I will be back, and I'm an atheist. Josh, he leans in, Gives me a tight hug. Welcome home, brother. Are you in a life group? Myself. Now, I'm a little bit shocked and extremely curious here. Never have I ever had a pastor give me a hug and say, Welcome home. After being told that I'm an atheist. I just said, Kinda. I just started over in Ty Daughtry's class. Now, Josh was filled with a little bit of excitement right now. I could see it on his face. Excellent. I challenge you to stay in that group for six weeks. That's it. Just six weeks. Six Sundays for about 45 minutes each. Myself. Now, I'm even more confused and a little bit scared right now. I said, okay, sure. I'll try it. Now, little did I know Jesus healing was starting to work on me that day. During my six-week challenge run, those individuals who filled up that life group became a crucial aspect in my life, as each member had graciously provided their time, money, and efforts in helping my family in one way or another.
Brother Philip. He was the biggest influence of them all. He took time out of his personal day to help me understand passages in the Bible that can be confusing for an atheist. He took time to come to my personal house and help me through a few hard times. And of course, I can't forget Brent. He was one of my former bosses that had invited me to this church, and he was the one who initiated my true path to Christ. As you can see, in just eight short weeks, I went from an atheist to being a Christian. We all need to have a group of people that we can call our true friends, but those people need to be like Christians and walk on that righteous way. Otherwise, we become what we surround ourselves with.